Welcome to Mountain Page Musings, broadcasted from Mountain Page Theater in Saluda, North Carolina. I am your host, Sam Woodbury. And I am your co-host, Ashley Sandall. We are here to talk about everything in the Southern Blue Ridge. And interview all of the coolest people in our area. So settle in for Mountain Musings. Welcome back to Mountain Page Musings, Accomplished Women of Saluda. We are here today with one of the coolest ladies I know, personally, um, Betsy Burdett. And you would have heard a little bit of her story last week um, because she started the Wildflower Bakery. So this is the same person. Um, What else do we have going on around here today? Well, Mary Poppins rehearsals have officially started, and we've got a crazy cast lined up for you guys. You won't even believe it. A world-class opera singer. Um, The guy that's playing Bert is going to knock your socks off. We are interviewing a choreographer for the show right after this. I mean, things are getting super cool around here. So Mary Poppins, y'all, you're going to be in for a treat. Um, Anyway, so I'm going to turn it on over to Sam and Betsy. Here you go. Hi, Betsy. Welcome to the show. Glad to be here. That's what they say on 60 Minutes in, on the news. Glad to be here. Well, I'm glad that you're <laughs> glad to be here. Uh, well, let's start out with uh, where are you from? What part of the country? Does it help that my father was in the Air Force? Oh, my. And then after he got out of the Air Force, not by his choice, maybe, but he had 20 years, so that was okay. Uh, then he started working for different companies, and my daddy was a love. Yeah, he's a really nice person, but he got fired from every job he ever had. <laughs> so when he got, we moved every time he got fired. But so we started in Western Pennsylvania for a little while while he's in the Air Force, and then we went to Savannah, Georgia, and that's when he no longer was a colonel and was asked to resign because. <clears throat> something he, yeah nothing he did wrong he just you cannot criticize your commanding officer even if you're right and he was wrong oh yeah no i think everyone knows that well daddy did so that was <laughs> the end of that so then he worked for gear paper company making paper boxes and um i don't think they fired him um they sent him up to new york city and we so we moved to suburban New Jersey, northern Jersey, which was beautiful. Yeah. Of all the places I've ever lived, that's, it's not like that anymore. The Garden State. Well, yeah, but we had uh, woods all around, Dodge University, and um, I could walk to school. Um, Oh, it was a wonderful place to grow up. And um, he started... I think he got fired from that job. And then we moved to uh, eastern Pennsylvania, and he started a company there that's still running. Oh. Uh, it's Lehigh Paper Company and making, mm. making corrugated boxes. And um, he was the creator and the manager, and um, he got fired there. So <laughs> then he went and started a box company in Salisbury, Maryland. His own company. Well, yeah, but he had to have a board. He had to have investors. 
Oh, and so we kept getting fired by Yeah, I finally got fired by them. And um, <laughs> but that company is still moving too. Daddy was a he obviously you might have guessed that he had a drinking problem. And um, he was a binger. Mm. So he'd be fine for a couple months. Mm. Then he'd go on a binge and he even managed to call Fidel Castro and get through. No. Yeah, he did. I was like, whoa. But anyway, <laughs> he, was, um, he was nice. He was a nice man. He just uh, had one little flaw. Uh, yeah. Well. Yeah, and I understood it because his parents were horrible. So you kind of, and he did not know how to deal with conflicts, especially when you're working with people and your superior officer can be mean and nasty and get away with it. Mm -hmm. uh, he had a hard time with uh, the unfairness, and he was really smart. Oh, well, and that, that usually doesn't do well if you're really smart and you're in a, a really regimented uh, mm -hmm. type of atmosphere. Uh, you, a lot of times, uh, maybe I'm speaking from my own experience. Well, it's true. That, that, that it's true. Uh, there's only so much you can take before it comes out, and then it's like, well, you know, I guess it's time to go. The last job he had, he kept pretty well, <laughs> he kept it for until he retired, was for independent telephone companies, just like River Street, just like we have here. Okay. Just like when the Leland's had it back in the day. Yes, and he traveled all around, um, you know, all around the, he was in Montana, and um, I mean, he was all over the place, and he did all right at that job. Oh, okay. So he didn't get fired from that one. Well, the Jew. But then he died. Oh yes. <laughs> so fired from life. Yeah, fired well, from life. Did you go for higher education after that, college or anything? Luckily, my mother was smart enough to. Um, my grandmother left us some money, and she had it in an education fund, and Daddy had managed to get into the fund for my two brothers. By the time she figured out what was going on, she made sure he could not get into mine. Your money. That's good. So she had enough to send me, and I went to St. Andrews Presbyterian College. Uh, that's in Laurenburg, yeah. North Carolina. Oh, you must be from around here. No, my <laughs> sister lived about 15 miles from there, so that's why. And I, I, this is, I'll tell you, I believe there's a divine order because I applied for three colleges, and luckily... I didn't get into the one I really wanted to get into because I found out later that it is the most conservative Presbyterian college in the United States. Luckily, I got accepted at the most liberal one, and I oh. did just fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a religion major, religion and philosophy. Wow. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Well, maybe but, that gives you a good uh, background to uh, try to understand different people's point of view. Yeah, and I will say, I think there's something wrong when you tell your children they have to um, get a, have to major in something they want is their job. Why? Well, oh, I'm going to say one of those bad words. How in the heck can an 18-year-old figure out what they want to do with their life? Yeah, they can't. No, and my mother luckily taught me that if you love what you do, you will do it well. And if you don't love what you do, you'll not only be miserable, but you won't make enough money to salve, put salve on the womb. So figure out what you want to do, and you will do it well. Yeah. But you have to love it. Yeah. 
Well, is that where you met your husband, Alan? I'm older than him. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> you just went over on broadcast land. I went, uh, no, he uh, went to St. Andrews, too, but I had graduated by the time I met him. Oh. Uh, but I hung around. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah, so I hung around. And so uh, with Alan, background being from the South? He's military. and he oh, was, he's also military. Yeah, and he was good. He didn't. He wasn't bad like me. Um, he did what his parents said. I didn't, obviously. I didn't do very well. I am, and I will tell you, I'm going to jump ahead about 30 years. Um, the biggest, you know, we have things that change your life. Well, we were, one of our children was in the pavilion at rehab, and they told us that alcoholism is not is a family disease, and that we were part of the problem. Mm. And maybe yeah, your, it was your fault. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh, so it's like, oh, uh, you're pointing to me. <laughs> and so we had to go to the rehab too. I mean, not as long, but we had these. Um, have you ever done role plays? I mean, where you have to address somebody that's dead or your enemy or something like that? I haven't. Oh, I thought it was going to be so stupid, but I did it. And I was going to address daddy because all our economic problems were, had been daddy's. Mother could feed a family of four or five on a dollar and a half a day. She taught me that because daddy wasn't bringing home any money. Um, but I was supposed to address Daddy, and then I realized that talking to my, I had to do, speak to Daddy, who's dead, and then I had to speak to my mother. And then I, all of a sudden I realized my mother was the disciplinarian, the one that held us together, but I am my father. Mm. And that was like, whoa, I'm the creative thinker. I'm the problem solver. I'm not the one who uh, puts the gravel on the driveway. Oh, I see. <laughs> I'm the big picture person, like Daddy. And, and I am. Too. I, yeah. I am my father, and I went, <gasps> <laughs> and then I realized, okay, now I know who I am, and I am my Daddy. But I have to rely on my husband to put the gravel on the driveway and fix the car. Same here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that was a life changer for me, realizing, oh, I'm okay. I'm just my dad, and I'm not an alcoholic. <laughs> the only thing that made Daddy's life miserable was he was an alcoholic. Wow. So, so after you and Alan married, did you come directly to Saluda, or did you go somewhere else first? No, we lived in Laurenburg. Aaron was born in Laurenburg. Um, he only cost $600. How do you like that? <laughs> he what? Only cost $600 to have a baby in 1976. <laughs> but then we got a free place to live in Henderson County um, at a re abandoned summer camp. Wow. And then... I was trying to sell real estate, not doing real well, because I'm not very good at selling anything. Um, I did sell one thing. I got a $2,500 commission, which we put in the bank, and came to Saluda. I was going to work, was working with Jack Morse, 
who was the only... Was that the guy that had the little building? Yes. Yeah, that's the one that we were talking about uh, last week. Yeah. And um, then he showed me a piece of property that I wouldn't want to see. So, of course, naturally, I wanted to see it instantly. And um, we walked out to our house now, Puzzle Gully. And um, Folks, this is a, uh, a paradise. It's yeah. back in a winding road. It's, the driveway is a mile long. And the reason the area is called Puzzle Gully because it's, you know, we're just over the Continental Divide. So we're the oldest mountains in the world and we have some very deep ravines, even though they're not really <laughs> tall mountains. And so if you get back into this property that Betsy lives in, you could get twisted and turned around if you didn't have a road and you could get lost very, very easily. Uh, the Green River runs through it. Camp Creek. And uh, Camp Creek runs through it, and so it's. Uh, wow. it's How many acres you got? I'm not telling you that yet. Oh. <laughs> Sacred. Right. Well, <clears throat> you know how surveying is in Saluda. I've got. Oh yeah, that's funny. Um, I used to go up and visit. You had a girl there had some horses there, and yeah. I would go up and visit those horses. And the first time I went up there, I was like, I'm like driving off into the Deliverance. Like this is getting weird. I almost got turned around. Yeah, it. He is not lying when he says it's a puzzle, puzzle up there. We've, we've gotten lost, too, many times. <clears throat> but it didn't have a road. The road had washed off. This was in 1978 that we went to see it. The road had washed off in 1977, and it had been on the market since 76. But it had, because it's so remote, it had been the dumping ground. There were 13 abandoned vehicles on the road wow. and a dump at the, where the bridge is now and no bridge. Uh, well, actually, they pulled the Jack Morris pulled all the cars out, <clears throat> but once the bridge went, and the road was gone, or just half of the road, just the steep part, um, nobody would buy it, and <clears throat> it was just real interesting because we didn't have any money, and Jack had shown us all different things that were for sale and. I remember him showing us a trailer that was covered with kudzu that was $6,000. And that's what I said we had. Yeah. And finally we looked at that and he said, now are you ready to look at something you cannot afford? <laughs> and we said, yeah, yeah, we'll have to look at that. But we ended up paying $20,000 for a house with a leaky roof uh, and part of a road uh, for $20,000 and I had that $2,500 I'd made yeah. the year before. So you had the 10% down? I had the 10% down and I learned about real estate. If you want to buy it, you better put a lot down because then they know you're not kidding. Yeah. Then they know you're, you can afford it. And my mother and a good friend of hers loaned us $7,000 uh, on a 10-year loan and Jack Morse the real estate guy co-signed the loan for us oh, wow. for the other ten thousand dollars 12 percent interest and we had ten our house payments were 152 dollars oh a month and Alan said we can't afford that and I said we are see I'm the big person he takes care of it but I knew that we could afford it we did we paid for it. Well, and now you could sell it for two million. 
No, I don't think so. Well, I don't know how many acres it is, but with the green no, river okay. running through it. You've asked me because you're going to... You don't need to tell me. It's then okay. we, I could find out. I could just look at the GIS right now. Well, yeah, but I've been smart <laughs> enough to put it in all the kids' names so that if we die, they can't take it off for the kids. Oh, my gosh, you're funny. I'm not stupid. <laughs> I know about real estate. I love real estate, and I will say I got into real estate because I thought people who bought land loved the land. Mm-hmm. Is that naive or not? Mm. Well, well, I'd rather be naive in the beginning than negative. <clears throat> so, <laughs> well, having that real estate uh, knowledge, uh, since we talked about how the bakery began last week, uh, you were a big part of that with uh, Debbie. with Debbie Thomas, and so I don't want to, you know, bore our listeners with you know reiterating you know that journey but uh you now work for the Saluda land trust so what kind of uh stories do you have about that in 1990 i started after the bakery i started work for packlet area conservancy uh i think i got fired from that job too <laughs> And then they later, the executive director was uh, embezzling money. Oh. And I had pointed that out. So guess what? She fired me right the next day. Oh. Oh, well. Um, but that was probably a godsend. <laughs> and um, shortly, then I worked for summer camp baking. I love to bake. And was that Camp Glen Arden? Glen Arden. I loved camp. That's I up loved, in Tuxedo. Loved camp. And then we got a phone call in 95 that that long driveway goes through for a piece of land that's owned by Duke, was owned by Duke Power. So they offered us the right of first refusal on 450 acres. Oh my goodness. And we had $7,000 in the bank. So we were a wee bit short. So we got together, we got uh, Alan's mother loaned us twenty-five thousand, so we could put. We ended up putting. I don't know how. No, she must have loaned us third. Anyway, we put almost ten percent down, and made an offer, and got ten people together to buy lots of anywhere from twenty-five acres to sixty acres. Wow! And I'm just what I want this thing to come out with is every when you have a plan or a concept that people believe in people will help you all the way the, the Michael Thompson the lawyer in uh, Hendersonville um, helped us and the surveyor didn't want to get paid until we closed on the property the people went and they Rob Parsons um, there's a Sarah Bell the some of them are gone Philip Holbert. These are all different kinds of people, but they all love the land. Yeah. And they, we have a hundred acres in the middle on both sides of Camp Creek that has a strict conservation easement on it. Mm -hmm. So, and nobody ever got any tax write-off because nobody had any money. So you have to have an income to get a tax write-off. Yeah. Um, we all have hoof and foot over the 450 acres. I learned a whole lot yeah. in that five months. Alan was the secretary 
I was the one that's selling, and everybody worked together to save that piece of land. Nice. Um, the Prudhommes live in one place, um, Alex Sally. So that's where I actually, and we didn't have legal access, you know, things like that. But Duke helped us. The bulldozer man helped us. Um, wow. Everybody wanted it to work. It's like, you know, we keep going back to this town, this amazing town where everyone just helps each other out and things just happen. I love it. If they believe in what you're doing, I'm afraid lately I've been a little disturbed by some, the, as you get bigger, the bureaucracy seems to take over. Yeah. And you have to do... Jump through hoops. Well, and some of them are stupid. <laughs> I mean, they don't make any sense. Why in the world would we have to do this, this, and this, and when we can do the handshake and do a deed? What's the big deal? Yeah. But you got to do this, 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 and the... Um, that's where I learned about conservation. That's where I learned who the crooks are in the real estate business, and there are a lot of them. My grandfather calls real estate agents backstabbing dirt pimps. <laughs> well, some <laughs> of them are. But I have found that buyers are liars more than the sellers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, buyers are liars. Yeah, I've mm -hmm. heard that before. And I, uh, I learned that my first, first deal I was going to do went to the judge and... Uh, went to court because the buyer backed out because he didn't like the survey and the judge hauled me in the back and said <coughs> you're in the wrong business yeah. if you believe what people say and I learned that time that was way back when we were in Hendersonville I learned never do anything without getting it in writing so I am I'm not going to say that word I'm a perfectionist when it comes to otherwise and I've seen one of our local real estate agents, ha they had a handshake deal, and then the buyer changed his mind, and it cost the seller $40,000 oh, to get rid of him. man. Because the sell they had agreed that they'd put a conservation easement on it before the sale. And they had an oh. offer to purchase. It was not in the offer to purchase. The buyer decided to change his mind. Um, and to get out of the contract, the seller had to pay. Oh and he goodness. did because he would not sell a piece of land without a conservation easement on it. Oh. So I'm working for that guy, whatever he wants. <laughs> 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 and his grandparents used to own the house we live in. Oh. And he lives in Texas now. But it's funny how strings come together. You know, these... Mm -hmm. If you've been in a community a long, long enough time, um, you see all these strings coming together. Yeah. And how it all works. Yeah, it's amazing. It's such a cool town. It is a cool town. Or are you still singing with the community singers? They're, no, I'm with Mountain Song. Oh, with Mountain Song. I'm with Mountain Song. Yeah, because Patricia's not doing, she's not doing well. The choir master. Oh, no. Of the community singer, yeah. The community chorus, she's not. She had a stroke, and she's, but she's, the choir's not. Oh, darn. So. Do you ever go to the community table? I don't. Not because I don't want to, but my husband doesn't. Oh. I mean, and, you know. Well, I was going to shoot you an email with everybody else, but <clears throat> we're going to do a Beatles medley on, oh, the, uh, on August 9th. I think it's Wednesday, August 9th. I might night. get him to go. 
Yeah. Well, do you want to um, sing in the Beatles medley with us? Oh, be no, no me more. And, no, it's easy. It's thirty minutes a week for just this fun med- medley. Okay, I might. It's going to be Dory McKinley, maybe Ann Lee. And I me, was even thinking about a couple of the mountain players. It. Sam's going to do it. I'm a tenor. Well, yeah. I'll just will melt, you know, lip sync maybe. But oh. it'll be fun, and it'll it, it's going to be like a, like a flash mob thing, like when the music starts. Like oh, I could do that. Everyone that's done it, just come on up and join. You tell it. me it's what fun. I have to learn. I can do it. Yeah. All right. Cool. I'll okay. shoot you the email when All I right. do. Everyone else. Yay! Yeah. I'm a tenor. That's why. That does that mean? I think I'm transgender if I'm a tenor. Oh right? yeah. Yes. Yeah, so when well, he's, then you're cool. When he says <laughs> men uh, rise, I get to men, rise with the men to sing with the men. So. <laughs> I'm the transgender mother hen of the tenors and the basses. Oh, my goodness. You're hilarious. <laughs> it's nice to be transgender. Just, you know. Well, I know that you're proud of all three of your sons, but uh, one of your sons is now part of the Steep Canyon Rangers, Aaron Burdett. Yeah. Oh, that's uh, your son? Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah. Wow. How did I miss that? Yeah. Well, that's where I had to start the counseling because he was my son. <laughs> 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 but he's, he's a good man. He is a good man. All, all, your, all your boys are good men. I've, well, uh, I don't, I don't know. Uh, John is the middle son. He's the uh, was the easiest. Well, I, I don't know him the least, but he's just moved back, and uh, but I, I know, uh, you know, Joseph, Joseph, and Joseph very well. Uh, he's about my son's age, so uh, uh, I, you know, talk with him like you know I could relate to him like I do my kid. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, John, Aaron and Joseph, the more difficult ones, are the ones more like me. And uh, John was the one that followed the rules. Oh, well, the middle child, he was negotiating. He kept me from killing the other two. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I learned to put him in the middle of the back seat. Mm, I started mediator. by... Mediator. Yeah, I started by putting Alan, I mean Aaron, the oldest, in the middle. That didn't work. So finally I put John in the middle, and that kept the fighting between the two sides down. No girls? No, and I've been known to lie. <laughs> I promised Alan if he'd let me have another child, I would make sure it was a girl. Obviously, I was incorrect. And so you had another boy. Yeah, but he's nice. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, yeah. too funny. Alan decided he'd accept him. Probably <laughs> so. had to. Yeah. <laughs> well, I and mean, also you do some work with the Presbyterian Church, uh, the pop-up pantry. Uh, I don't do a lot with them. I just was the one that got them in there. Oh, okay. Well, uh, that that's the most important thing. <clears throat> is, is having a distribution center. Yeah. Well, that's a big deal, and uh, they're very, very important. Really, really. I'd love to. I want them to stay. Um, I love that building being used as a community building. Yes. Um, we, you know, we have to evolve. Salute is not the way it was before. Mm -hmm. Um, the churches are empty and I know why. Um, because. Tell us. Yeah. Yeah. Because churches want to be right. Yeah. And. They do want to be right. I don't think the words divide, and I wouldn't want to say music brings people together, but I would, I think for me, 
God is so much bigger than the box our churches have put him in. Mm-hmm. He ain't even close. And I see when I watch children, even adults, but when I watch children mostly, how they learn. Like at the swimming lessons, mm-hmm. um, when they've had a lesson and they don't know what to do, they'll just look at the trees and they'll look around like they're asking for support and the trees give it to them. Oh, that's And if you're in a pool with concrete walls, you don't get it. I watch how they learn. And Lucy, the granddaughter, my job is to take her for nature lessons. And she learns, she's, why is that tree bending over? Why is that insect on that tree? Why is this? And you realize it's so much bigger than our walls. Um, no, I'm far more religious than I ever was before because I realized, and, you know, I just finally got, what in the world is the communion about? <laughs> you know, and they say, here's the cup, and this is my blood, and this is my... I finally got one of my 76 years old. I got it when I was 75. <laughs> we are the Holy Spirit. Jesus was no more than a prophet. God is no more than a concept, and God is love. And that's it. And we want Jesus to look like us. I don't think so. Um, they want, we want, we're homo sapiens. We want to be like that. No, we're. We're not even the grain of sand. God is so big. I mean, when you look at the trees and look at how they feed each other and how they, and the fish, um, it's, I think, our, I think we know more. I think the younger generation doesn't want to be put in a box because they know that's not true. Yeah. And when they do that communion, it has nothing but the symbols, but the reality is the Holy Spirit's in you, and in you, and in me, and in that rascal over there. <laughs> that Yeah, they're there. All you have to do is feel it and realize it's there, and then all of a sudden you're empowered. And the Holy Spirit is nothing but good and love. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Wow. We just got incredibly deep there people <laughs> um that was amazing thank you for that you're welcome um and on that note talking about little rascals let's um do our weekly yak attack hey hey little i want to make it in the day hey it's ours come on don't break it we can do more let's get everybody down to the sea So you guys, the audience here, you guys just heard the kids doing the song Our Only World, which is our summer project. What do you guys think about the song? Do you like it? Yes. Yes. You do? You're doing really good with the dance moves. Now, we've got Alex here, and we've got her little brother, Bo, who's only two, and Nora, who's also sitting on my lap. But Alex has been in a lot of our plays. What plays have you been in, Alex? I've been in Scrooge, Wizard of Oz, 
Annie, The Sound of Music. Yep, you were you were Gretel in The Sound of Music. That mm-hmm. was my first play. Um, which was your favorite one that you've done? I would I say, um, yeah. <laughs> Wizard of Oz because of, of the jitterbugs. <gasps> they, and yep, so Alex was one of our jitterbugs. And the jitterbugs, I think you guys have all heard about how amazing the jitterbugs were by now, but that was so fabulous. But so now we're working on this environmental song. Do you like... Um, do you like working on this fun project where we're going to make a music video? Yeah. What do you like about it? Well, I like singing and doing the dance moves. Yeah, you're a little star. And do you like what the message is telling you? What is the song about? Trash in the ocean. Yep, and so we've got someone that's going to adapt the lyrics for us um, and change it to getting rid of the trash in the mountains and the streams and the waterfalls and whatnot. Um, and so Alex here has been a member of Yak for, gosh, since you were three years old, right? Or were you two when you started? I think I was three. You were three. What but was now your, I'm six. Now she's six, yeah. What, was your, what is your favorite thing about coming to Yak? Acting, acting, smiling, acting and smiling. Do you ever get nervous on the stage? No. No, you don't. She is, she's seriously going to be a star. What about Bo? What about, what's your favorite thing about coming to Yak? I don't go to Yak. You're at Yak right now, silly boy. No, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I like swimming in the, in the pool. You like swimming in the pool? Yeah. We don't have a pool here, though. Isn't that sad? Yeah. Yep. Well, we love you kids, and we're so excited to do this environmental song, and this is the perfect episode because we were just talking all about um, the Saluda Land Conservancy and whatnot. So um, we've got our own children of Saluda working to clean up the woods and the rivers and the oceans, and everybody just do your part. Okay, back to Betsy. Jesus, don't cry. You can rely. All right, guys. Well, as we begin to wrap things up here today, um, big thank you to Betsy for coming on the show. I learned something new today. I learned a few new things today. Well, Aaron is your son, who's playing tonight. A song, his song he wrote, right? Penny on the Tracks, I think mm-hmm. it's called. We used to do that. Did you? Yeah. Back in back when they were kids, that was one of our favorite activities. Is um, pennies on the track? Oh, fun! I used to do that too. I used to have. Um, I used to live right across from the railroad tracks. Yeah. And I, with her recently, actually, we were up in Asheville and the River Arts District, and we heard the train start to come, and it was going so slow, and we were like, I was like, ah, scrambling, trying to find some change, like because I wanted to show her. And we got down there, and I was just a little too nervous. The train was a little too close, even though it was going very slow. It's a little too close for comfort. <laughs> so I'll have to get it done next time. But, um, but yeah, that was great. That was really... Yeah, the train stopped in 91. Yeah. So this would have it's been... a long time ago. What do you mean, here? Yeah. No, it was 2002. Was it 2002? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe you were thinking 2001. Okay. That's a little closer. Because I don't remember how old they were. But Aaron, uh, this is Aaron having your musician son. And he didn't want to go to piano lessons. So he hopped the train. <laughs> thinking at the play, they were at the playground, he and Joel Dixon. And they figured they'd just get 
go down to Tryon. Well, it didn't stop in Tryon. It didn't stop until they got to Spartanburg. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it took them a whole night of uh, uh, hitchhiking. hitchhiking to get home. Yeah, oh, that is funny. Yeah, he's uh, <laughs> he got in trouble for that one with the railroad police. Oh no. Mm-hmm. I've well, always thought that would be fun, hitching a ride on a train. Well, apparently somebody a couple months earlier had done it and fallen off and gotten run over by the train. So the uh, railroad police were... Oh. A little of, more vigilant. Yeah, yeah, a little more vigilant. Yeah, that makes sense. But, uh, no, he and Joel got home. Wow. Six o'clock the next morning. But it, Jesus. <laughs> and then the, fire, the um, piano teacher... Uh, called me and said, you're wasting your money. Oh. And I said, what do you mean? He said, Aaron's so bloomin' smart musically, I can play, he has such an ear that I can play something and then he doesn't have to learn to read the music because he can just play it and make it work. Wow. He said, I've never expelled a piano student before, but you're wasting your money, Betsy. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. And and look at him now. Yeah, I look at him now, I know. I want to get her in piano lessons. We inherited, like, a, I think it's called a baby grand, but it's huge. Big thing that opens up at the top. Oh, yeah. And I'd like to find a piano teacher to bring into the neighborhood and have her and a couple other kids take lessons one after another. I've always wished I learned to play piano. I don't know if Stephen Stone teaches piano lessons or not. I don't know. But he was, he's good. Wow. He's okay, good. We'll and he lives down the road. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to look it up. So well, thank you so much. Well, I will say my my love is the land, and that's why I'm at the Land Trust. And I've been very impressed with, I think most, if my issue is if we love the same thing, we will treasure it and take care of it. If you love yeah. the theater, you will take care of it. If you love the land, you will take care of it. So our job is to nurture that love and spread it so that things that are most precious. Yeah. We'll stay here. Yes, I love it. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, all my children were in plays. I went to, Lord, how many years did I go to every play? So, but that's okay. Well, you can be in a play if you'd like. Oh, yeah, you want to be in a play? Mary Poppins. I've been in one play. I have one line. You want to know what the line is? Yes. I wish I was a bolder girl. What is that from? (laughs) Um... Um, who went off to oh, I'll have to think about that <laughs> wait a minute wait, um, Cinderella Cinderella yeah oh, because fun. we were all dancing and that's when we had a, a salute of school and we had the pony come down the, it was so great it was great yeah. <laughs> it was great I wish I was a bolder girl well We've got some Mary Poppins stuff coming up. You'd be perfect. You'd be one of the perfect, like, uh, park goers and a kite flyer. I could do that. Meander through and sing along with us because we've got, we need a huge ensemble. And you just have to learn a few songs and come to rehearsals occasionally. I can do that. It'd be fun. Look, I should be, why aren't I a recruiter? Like, I literally should be. Because you just tricked me. That's why. This trick me got me sit, sitting here and saying yes. Yeah, it's better than no, isn't it? It's Correct. always better to say yes. I'm a yes person. But remember, no is a complete sentence. True. When somebody asks you to do something you don't want to do, just say no, and they'll say, "But why?" 
no is a complete sentence. Yeah, there you go. You, you don't, don't have to explain yourself. No, you don't have to justify you why you don't want to do it. You say, no. Nope. <laughs> you say no. No. That's right, Nora. Well, Just Betsy, say no. I, you need to remember no, Nora. Betsy, I want to thank you for your time and the story of uh, your time in Saluda. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not moving. No, we Me are neither. But we're looking for a green, green graveyard. A green graveyard? Well, nobody wants to be embalmed anymore. You know, they don't have to oh, use yeah, as I much. I want one of those tree pods. That's right. Well, we're, can, we're, I need a piece of land. Find me a piece of land. That's a good idea. And they, uh, they can also, John Burdett told me that they can actually uh, compost you really fast. Well, you know why? That's what they do with cows. Well, yeah, just bury them and it turns into compost? Well, yeah, you don't have to. It's a system, but you can put you in the garden. Well, I think I'd rather be in the garden and then... I don't want to be in a coffin. No. They only used... To, they can, they've reduced the amount of formal, um, embalming fluid by 25% because we are so full of plastics already. Ugh, gross. So, I'm sorry. There's a factoid I didn't know. No, that's not a good one either. I really want a Viking burial where somebody like pushes me out in a canoe and then they shoot flaming arrows at me. Well, then you get to your fish bait. Yeah, perfect. That's all, that's all right. Well, you're creating life. <laughs> I, don't, I think that's illegal, though, nowadays. I'm not sure. You can go in your backyard. You can bury it anyway. <laughs> Do you have a pond I can use for my Viking burial on your property? <laughs> I, I don't own, like, uh, well, maybe, the, maybe we need a bigger lake. <laughs> yeah. I like, well, you don't want my bones floating around in your pond. No, Twin Lakes is a little small. Uh, Lake Sheila's got a POA. I don't think they'd allow that. <laughs> no. All right, everybody. We, we probably have to go. Now. Maybe this Lake Summit. We'll have to do Lake Summit in the nighttime. In the nighttime. Yeah. Yes, perfect. All right, I'm going to trust, entrust you with that. We need someone good with a bow and arrow. We can do that. <laughs> Okay. All right, guys. Well, this was highly entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> and um, Sam, you got anything else? No. Uh, it's hard to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. We will see you next week. Bye. Jesus, don't cry. You can rely on me, honey. You can come by.
Turn your